Hello. Before we get into our episode, we want to remind you that while this show will always be free, we also have a Patreon where you can get even more fandom. Please visit patreon.com forward slash the fandom show where for a couple bucks a month, you can listen to episodes early. You can get random stuff in the mail from us. You can check out our nerds letter or listen to our patron exclusive, the fan club, where we watch movies that one of us loves and the other has never seen. Once more, that's patreon.com forward slash the fandom show. We're also trying to get more folks to check out the podcast. So if you listen to this regularly, Thank you. Uh, uh, But if you'd like to help, please rate, review, and subscribe on your podcast provider of choice, which helps other people find us as well. That all being said, you're already doing truly the most supportive thing, which is just listening. Uh, So thank you so much, and please enjoy the episode. Hello, 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 and welcome to The Fandom Show, the podcast where we learn about fantastic fandoms by talking to our favorites about their favorites. I'm Kaya Green. And I'm Stephanie Mallet. And today we are talking about singer, songwriter, pop icon, worldwide anti-hero, freshly minted billionaire. We are talking about Taylor Swift. I am so excited, Steph, because I have wanted to do a Swifty episode for, like, since we started this podcast. Truly. It is such a huge phenomenon in the world that we are not actually part of that fandom. So just when you see a fandom that's so big, you're like... I want to know everything. Yeah. It's it's like looking at tall buildings where you're like, how do they do that? How did you even get up that <laughs> That's high? That's how I feel about tall buildings anyway. <laughs> you look at them and like, wow. Look, they're very tall. How many ladders <laughs> did they need for that? <laughs> Probably many. Um, Yeah, I just, as a as a student of pop culture, as somebody who finds, finds these things fascinating, there is like no one more fascinating in that respect than Taylor Swift Absolutely. right now. And we're recording this uh, in mid-November, so who even knows what's happened with Taylor totally. Swift? But right now, you cannot open a newspaper, a website, and anything without seeing something about Taylor Swift. Absolutely. You can't turn on the radio, like, for Wait, sure. do you She's... turn on the radio? What? Do you listen to the radio? Steph, we have a car, and the radio is on <laughs> in it all the time. We listen together to the I radio. Forgot. Oh, boy. I need this coffee. It's okay, babe. It's Ooh. okay. <laughs> Kyle, what do you know about Taylor Swift? I've lost it. <laughs> Um, okay, I know a couple things. I know that she has been um, been a singer-songwriter for a, a good long time. Um, she's had a, a career that has spanned a, a few decades now, two decades. I don't know. How how old is she? Two decades? I'm getting a she's nod. She's born yeah. in 1989. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, cool. Um, so I know she's widely praised for her songwriting. Um, I know that she is uh, often discussed in contexts outside of her songwriting, mm-hmm. like boys or Kanye West. <laughs> Ooh, that will come up later. That will Don't come up worry. later. <laughs> it couldn't not. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's like most of what I know about her. Like I know her big songs. I know Blank Space. I know um, Shake It Off. You know, like obviously the things that you can't escape. Um, but that's uh, that's that's pretty much all I know. Yeah. What about you? What do you know? I know she has three cats. You do? Yeah. One we of asked... them's Benjamin Button, I think. Uh huh. Um, they the other two have very fun names as well, but I'm yeah. sure we'll find out more about that. Yeah, shortly. we've asked we've asked trivia questions about that one before. Yeah. Uh, I know that she. Uh, 
was in Cats. <laughs> yes, that's true. She certainly was. She was in Cats, and she wrote a song for Cats. She did. She did indeed. Uh, I, I know that uh, she purports herself as like an awkward kind of nerdy girl, which mm-hmm. I'm very excited to find out about that persona. Because like as an outsider, I don't see it necessarily, but I'm like, but this is how you identify. So like, what do, what are your nerdy things? Yeah, like, I mean, are, when you just see pictures of her, it's easy to be like, well, that is a beautiful that is a pop tall, star. Beautiful pop star. <laughs> End of sentence. But it seems like there is so much more to her. Absolutely. And you know who does know? a lot about Taylor Swift. OMG who? Uh, Kristen McDonald lives in Toronto and she's the senior director of sales at Muskoka Brewery. She's also been a huge fan of Taylor Swift since 20, uh, 2007 when her debut album came out. So this is <gasps> old school. What OG? Kristen, welcome. Welcome. Thank you so much for being on this podcast. Very excited to be here. Oh, So I'm just going to start off. Let's pretend someone listening to this has somehow been underground for 20 years. Under five rocks. Under five rocks, has never heard of Taylor Swift. How would you introduce Taylor Swift to them? Oh, my God, what a huge, huge question. (laughs) We start swinging. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'd say that, like, Taylor Swift is a musician who... um, is a songwriter. She's like very, she writes all her own music. Um, She's one of, you know, the top pop stars in the world, but she has transcended um, genre over the years. And um, yeah, she's just kind of a staple in the music business. Amazing. So how did you get into it? How did you find that first album? Like what brought you into it? I don't even remember. It's so long ago that I don't remember exactly how it happened. Like I became a fan of Taylor Swift in high school. I Her first album came out in 2006. It would have been the fall of 2006. So I think I found her sometime in 2007. Um, you know, teardrops on my guitar was like on the radio. Like that's how long ago this was happening. And, you know, people around me started listening to her. I started listening to her album, really liked it. Um, I performed our song at a coffee house in high school. Oh, my God. God. Amazing. (laughs) I love that. And I just, like, I fell into the album and, like, became a fan when she was, you know, a tiny little country singer. Were you, were you, did you play music before that? Were you a big music fan before that? Or was she kind of like a gateway drug getting you into music? I grew up. Playing piano. Cool. Um, I played like a little bit of flute, which I hated. And, <laughs> and <laughs> I like picked it as an instrument when I was in the fourth grade. And oh, yeah. Ended up having to play it for all of, you know, um, like up until high school. And oh. then um, in high school, I started taking guitar lessons. And then, you know, Taylor Swift, it became this like easy way to play music that I liked. Yeah. That was like also at the time, it, her songs are pretty. The chords are pretty basic. Yeah. So they were pretty easy songs to like play at a coffee house in high school. Yeah, really accessible. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Very cool. Amazing. Uh, so before we get into the whole phenomena of Taylor Swift, let's talk about the music a bit. What do you think makes her songs so good? And how do you think, other than obviously the huge change from country to pop, yep. how do you think her songs have changed over the years and her style? Yeah, I think like they're part of the reason they're so accessible is because she is like an autobiographical songwriter who writes songs about the way that she's feeling. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, she also obviously writes from like the female perspective. And I think it's been very refreshing because women and, you know, all people have kind of like felt um, an accessibility to like what's going on in like a woman's mind. Um, And people you know, feel like they're, that she's taught, because she's being so honest about her life, it feels like 
she's talking about their own lives. Right. And um, experiences that they're having in the world and they can relate to this person. Um, I think, you know, it's obviously um, changed over the years and she's kind of shifted genres across time. But like what hasn't changed is like she's talking about her own life. Right. So that's stayed consistent. Totally. Yeah. Interesting. And do you find, because obviously probably the the life she had back in uh, 2006, you know, she would have been what, like 17? Yeah. 16, 17. Yeah. Um, And she's still writing autobiographically. But back then she would have just been like not a huge celebrity. But now that she's huge, like what are the types of things that she's talking about? Because obviously her, her reality is so different than it would have been as a 16, mm-hmm. 17 year old. Even just aging yeah. alone, if you, if you take all, all the fame factors of yeah. it, yeah. you know? Yeah, because, like, at the beginning, she's writing about, like, her high school experience. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, you know, the relationships in high school or writing about her, you know, best friend. And as she's gone on, she's, you know, talking about more complex relationships, more complex experiences in the world, you know, what it's like um, to be a powerful woman and, like, how people treat you or like maybe make you think that you should, you know, be like apologizing for things in the world. Like she, you know, really, um, she just talks about her experience across all of these things. And it's interesting because so many people look at Taylor Swift and just say like, she writes song, songs about breakups and it's as simple as that. And yep. the reality is, like, she talks about lots of different topics. Yeah, because those are probably, you know, as an outsider to the fandom, um, most of the songs that make it onto the radio or, like, the bigger songs yeah. tend to be about, like, breakups and boys and, you know, breaking up with your friend yeah. yes. and, like, yeah. very public bad blood, obviously. Yeah. True of pop songs since time immemorial. Yes. Like, yeah. they're all about and the I, simplest stuff. With her, like, I don't think that she does a great job at picking her first single historically. Interesting. Like, I think that she, you know, picks something that's, like, radio-ready, and it's never the songs that really highlight her songwriting abilities yeah. and her huh. honesty. And, you know, I think she's actually doing a better job at picking them now, but, you know, historically, I her if you only know Taylor Swift's like singles on the radio, there's a reason why you don't fully understand what's going on with that, Taylor Swift. Oh, that <laughs> makes a lot that of makes sense. a lot of sense. And I will admit, I've been in that category before. Like I, I never disliked her by any means. Obviously, I think her pop hits are so fun. Mm-hmm. She writes oh, a hook she's, like yeah. nobody's business. Yeah, totally, they'll get stuck in your head so easy. Yeah. Um, but I never understood the depth of the songwriting that people talked about. Mm-hmm. So that makes a ton yeah, so of sense. Much sense. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are there songs that you're like, I wish that she had put this out so people could get a like taste of who she really is? Oh, yeah, there's plenty of them. And I think she's actually, because she's doing these re-records, yes. some of the songs that historically, you know, the rest of the world didn't necessarily know about yeah. are becoming, you know, big pop culture songs. Like, the biggest one that's happened in the past few years was All Too Well. That Then she put out that 10-minute version of All Too Well. Right. And that was a song that was never a single, but is, like, widely recognized as her best song that she's ever written. Interesting. Oh, okay. Um, and it was like a, the, you know, the Swifties loved that song. They talk about it all the time. Um, and it's now, you know, widely recognized, but it was on an album that came out in 2012 um, that no one, you know, unless you were a follower of Taylor Swift, yeah. you probably didn't know about that song until recently. That makes sense. Um, I also love that 
um, Cruel Summer, which was a song that was off of Lover, which was my fa- one of my favorite songs on Lover, cool. um, just got released as a single this summer because really? like the Swifties loved it so much and they were like <laughs> asking for it. And then, you know, Taylor Swift said... This was actually my favorite song off Aww. this album, oh, and I that love so that satisfying? you. Yeah, and I'm yes. just like, oh my god, um, this it's like such a it's such a great song, and um, there's a you know a few different ones on that album that I also love, um, and I mean the reality is she just has so much music that like she can't put everything out on the radio. Not not everything is also meant to be consumed. Yeah. In, yeah. On the radio. Yeah. Yeah. And you talked about these re-releases, so um, just want to delve into that a bit because. Uh, you know, a lot of folks who don't follow Taylor Swift might not be aware that there was a dispute between her and Scooter Braun over her masters. Yes. Uh, can you tell us a bit about what happened there and why it was so important? Yeah, for the Taylor's Taylor. version. The Taylor's version. Yeah. Thing, which, like, yeah, we'll get into it because I think it's been such an interesting um, piece with Taylor Swift, especially from like a business acumen standpoint. But so in 2019, um, her masters were sold to this guy named Scooter Braun, who Taylor Swift does not get along with. She didn't get along with him before this happened. Yeah, he's kind of notorious, right? Yeah, he was, like, connected. I, I think he was a, a Justin Bieber's manager. He was, yeah. he was connected to Kanye West. Like, he was connected to a bunch of people that don't necessarily get along with Taylor Swift. Yeah. So why did he buy them? I, I mean, I think what happened was he bought the studio that oh. owned the masters um and the, i think the masters came along with that you can people can fact check me on that because i don't i'm not positive but i think that's what happened so and he did me. it on purpose i don't i don't know like i mean i think he definitely did it on purpose in the fact that her masters are worth a ton of money yeah um but i mean what happened is um there's you know two different things that somebody owns in a songwriting process so there's um, the song, which is like the written song, the lyrics, the music that comes along with it, and then there's the recording of the song. Mm-hmm. So um, typically, recording studios own the master, which is the recording mm-hmm. of the song. And what's unique with Taylor Swift is that she is the songwriter on all of her songs, so she owns the song. Yeah. Right. So you know, she has always she basically said, you know, I want I've been trying to buy my music back from the, you know, people who owned my masters. They didn't even give me the opportunity to buy the masters back. They just sold them to this guy that doesn't like me. Oh, awful. (laughs) Awful. Um, And obviously, she was extremely upset about that situation. Obviously, Mm. like, that's a piece of yourself. Yeah, yeah. Even if you own the song and obviously re-record it, that's that's a time, a place, uh, like... An emotion. An emotion, like, what you can hear in your voice is different that day, you know? Like like, getting your diary sold. Yeah. (laughs) Red is one thing. Sold is worse. Oh God. Yeah. And to a person who doesn't like you. Oh, that's that that yeah, that goes to a visceral deep place. Yeah. And obviously, like, she's got enough money to buy it back. Yeah, she could easily. So she could have bought them back and they didn't even give her the opportunity to buy them back. And she was actively trying to buy them back. It seems like there's a lot of stories like this in the recording industry specifically that happen to young women. Totally. Like what yeah. happened to Kesha, like a whole, to Britney. Like yeah. it just seems like this This happens again and again and Taylor is one of the few people who was powerful enough to do something about it. Yeah, and I think what she's done with this has changed the music industry. And like 
Can you explain what she's done with it? Just yeah, for people who don't oh, yeah, know yeah, totally. of course, of So course. basically what she's done, because she is the owner of the songs, she has gone back and re-recorded all the songs to sound as close as possible to the original recordings and then has re-released quote unquote Taylor's versions of all of the albums. And on the albums, as like a what was originally supposed to be like a way to incentivize people to listen to Taylor's version of it, she's re-recording from the vault songs, which are songs that didn't oh, make the original oh. album that she wrote at the time that she originally wrote the album. Oh my God. Um, so people are like seeing into like what else was going on in her life at the time that the album was released. Fascinating. Um, are there so, any reveals that have come out that you're like, oh, that's so cool to find out that this was something that wasn't released at the time or like a story about her that you're like, ooh. I mean, I, there's like um, a song on Red um, that I think she did with Chris Stapleton, but um, where it's like a, it's wide, widely thought that it's about Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's, uh, the song is called um, I Bet You Think About Me. And <laughs> at the Burn. end of it, like, I just think it's, it's a funny song because First of all, it's very obvious that like Jake Gyllenhaal did not think that Taylor Swift was funny because it comes up in a lot of her songs where she's like, you didn't think I was funny. Um, oh. Which I think is just like, oh, poor Taylor. That's <laughs> hard. You know what? That is hard, though. You yeah. want to laugh with your partner. It's That's that's tricky. I yeah. appreciate that. And she, there's a line at the end of the song where she is basically making fun of him and she says something like, uh, I forget the exact lyrics, but it's like, I hope that you're happy with your, like, bamboo shoes and your million-dollar couch. Like, I'm just like, oh, my God, Taylor. And apparently <laughs> <laughs> Take him down. Apparently he doesn't even shower very often or wear deodorant, so yeah. I'll boo to him. Yeah. yeah. Um, Unfortunate. <laughs> it's always, like, yeah, it's always interesting um, to see, like, what was going on at that time. And then there's, you know, we'll get into the um, the hot takes of it all, but... It's always like, okay, what actually was going on in her dating life at that time? Yeah. And how have some of these songs like maybe revealed something about that time period? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, I have to know, if you were to listen to a, the original version and Taylor's version side by side, would you be able to tell the difference? So it's interesting you asked that. I did this the other day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I think like um, a normal person would <laughs> not, would be like, I can't tell the difference. I mean, it, it's also like if you're listening to Fearless, which is her second album, like she was 18 when she recorded that album. Yeah. So like obviously her voice has changed. Yeah. So like maybe you can see the difference in her voice over the years, but... Um, I was watching a TikTok the other day where this guy's like quizzing his sister or something and she he plays her two different versions of the song and she has to tell him what which one was which Taylor's version. version. Yeah. And because I have spent so many like weeks of my life, months of my life listening to Taylor yeah. Swift, like I I know what the originals sound like. I couldn't tell you, like, this is the new one, but, mm. like, when you put them back to back, I'm like, I knew every six, I aced that test. I got 100%. Oh, <laughs> so I was good. like, 
Yeah. Were you like, this rules? I was so psyched. I sent it to my cousin and I was like, nailed this. And she was like, yeah, I don't know if I could do that. Yeah. (laughs) That's incredible. It makes me think of, because I'm a huge TV nerd. That's where where most of my fandoms lie. And whenever I see like, uh, like one thing that happened when we were rewatching Dawson's Creek is all the needle drops were different. All the music was different. Um, Like rewatching something like The L Word, which I've seen a million times. (laughs) um, All of the music was different in that too when we were rewatching it. It was different? It was different. They changed all the music and I hated it. I was like, Afterwards, they changed it? So what happens is when they end up on streaming services, yeah. uh, they'll change music that they don't have rights to. Oh. So like listening to Dawson's Creek, they didn't have rights to the theme song. And you feel the I di- know. And you can feel that difference. And like if someone's coming in like without knowledge, you, you might not tell. But it's yeah. like listening to a soundtrack and you listen to a live version of it and you're like, they changed that lyric. Or, oh, they, the timing on that was slightly different. Yeah. Like, that's so satisfying to be like, oh. I know that. Yeah, even even like in some of these episodes in the first season of The L Word of like of songs I wouldn't have been able to name, but I knew were wrong. Right. That I was just like this. I we have to find the original versions. I'm flipping out. Totally. And did you remember from just like the original time you watched it, or did you have like DVDs that you had seen? Oh, I had DVDs. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that's not the same thing because that isn't obviously trying to directly replicate what was there before. But like I can understand how when you've listened to something so much, you just viscerally know what's different. Yeah. Yeah. If there's like the the, there's a timing or an inflection of her voice that is like a tiny bit different. I can tell when they're placed next to each other. Yes. And I probably could yeah. tell if I like but wanted to dive into it, but I'm like, I'm just going to listen to this anyway. I just want to yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to support it. her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that I think is so interesting about the re-releases, and I saw this this week, is that it was like widely speculated that the idea came from Kelly Clarkson because <gasps> really? Kelly Clarkson tweeted something that was like, hey, Taylor you're the songwriter on these. You should just re-record all of these. I'm sure your fans would listen to your version of it. I'm sure, like, I definitely would. Yeah. And no one, you know, she had tweeted that. People didn't know if it came from her, but something came out on the internet this week that was said that Taylor Swift sends flowers to Kelly Clarkson every time she really? does a re-release. Kelly which I Clarkson. love. <laughs> Kelly Clarkson, a queen. An absolute queen. I adore queen. her. Yeah. With a, the voice of a goddamn angel. I adore her. Uh, hopefully nothing between recording and this coming out has changed for Kelly Clarkson. As of this recording. She yeah. is just... The world uh, changes fast. Yeah, I feel like that's very much a caveat on all of this is like, Taylor Swift is in the news so frequently yeah. that between now and then there will surely be new things that yeah, come it's happening out. as yeah. we speak. Yeah, so we're yeah. sorry in advance that we can't discuss those yeah. things we wish we could. So we, we touched a bit on them, but let's talk a bit about the boyfriends. The boyfriends. Right. Joe Jonas, Taylor Lautner, Jake Gyllenhaal, Harry Styles. Was John Mayer one of them? Yes. John Mayer. We've got her current uh, her current boyfriend, Travis Kelsey. Yeah. How did how do they figure into the folklore of it all? And why can't people stop talking about them? Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> it's because, like, I mean, because she writes about it. And then yeah. people but here's the thing is she never has ever confirmed who a song is about. Mm. Ever. Gracious. Um and how does she have the restraint? I would be like, this one's Joe Jonas. F him. This one's this person. <laughs> I think she actually, the only song she ever confirmed was about someone was about Joe Jonas. And it, I think she was on Ellen or something. And right. she 
when she was like 18 and said that he broke up with her in like a 12 second phone call or something like that. And she He's wrote got a song a about bad it. bad track record. Not going Joe well. Jonas. Not going well for him. I mean, Sophie Turner staying at Taylor Swift's house in New York <gasps> with her kids. Oh my God, what? <laughs> oh, you stay losing, Joe yeah. Jonas. <laughs> Joe Jonas, he I, fucked up. I saw something on the internet and it was like, it's going to be impossible for Joe Jonas to date because he's never going to find someone who doesn't either watch Game of Thrones or like Taylor Swift. Right? <laughs> Like, how do you date these two incredible women and you yeah. still manage to fuck it up, idiot? Yeah. Idiot. It's so silly. But <laughs> anyway. yeah, the, the boyfriends are, I mean, yeah, they're definitely a topic. Um, I don't, <laughs> like, there's, there's so much nuance in the boyfriends because, you know, there's theories about which ones were her actual boyfriends. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't, like, the John Mayer thing, there's speculation that that song's not like Dear John is not actually about mm, John Mayer. It's about right. this other guy that Taylor Swift was dating. Ooh. Um, and when she sang Dear John at the Eras tour, she was like, please do not bully anyone who you think this song is about. And there's like a theory that John Mayer has like basically said, I will sue you for like defamation of yeah. character because this song isn't about me. So it might be about, we don't know. The reality is we don't know what who any of the songs are about because she's never confirmed it. Um, yeah, there's, you know, the boyfriends become such a topic because everyone just anticipates that she's going to write songs about them. Oh, that makes sense. to date her in that respect. Just like, it must be very, because you know that Anything you say could be in a song. That yeah. feels so scary. Yeah, but also like, you know, maybe we should all conduct ourselves as though yeah. what we say should, could be in a song. The, the re- it seems like, obviously none of us know what's actually going on in Taylor Swift's life, but like, it seems like the people who treat her well, she treats well in the songwriting process. And yeah. the people who treat her like garbage, yeah. she calls them out. And she's just like honest about that. Like if you look at Taylor Lautner, even he will say like, pe- people have asked him in interviews like, oh, Taylor Swift wrote a song about you. Like, how do you feel about that? And he's like, I mean, it was a really nice song. Like, I got a good one. Like, the one that she wrote about him was like, I'm so sorry for breaking your heart, essentially. Yeah. Um, Oh, that's nice. That is nice. (laughs) Taylor (laughs) Squared. Taylor Squared. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's so nice. It is interesting to me that, like, the, the... she has so much power because she has such a massive fan base that she has to do disclaimers like that of please mm-hmm. don't bully this person. Like we are BTS fans, which also oh, has yes. a massive, very, very Rabbit vocal fandom. Fan- <laughs> very fandom. powerful. Very powerful. Yeah. Like they've influenced elections. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it is so interesting to think about like the the force that is oh, yeah. Swifties as a whole. If she was ever like, take this man down. Yeah. They would. Well, look at what happened with Jake Schillenhall. Yeah. When all well came out it was like everyone was like we hate Jake Gyllenhaal yeah oh my god yeah it's just like that must be so much responsibility (laughs) yeah like it's you know I think um like I said most of her songs are pretty like they're not about the breakup and being like I'm pointing fingers at the specific person especially as she's gone on and become like as she's grown up right like the songs more recently um, are like a little less pointy than they were when she was 16. <laughs> <laughs> pointy is a good way to put it. Yeah, like it's just like, okay, well, you know, obviously relationships are complex yeah. and like we're speaking about, um, you know, big emotions that are going on. And she's normally talking about like her perspective on yeah. what's happening. Yeah. And her own feelings and yeah. her own interpretation of what went on. Yeah. 
Does it ever get frustrating as a fan of Taylor that people reduce her to her boyfriend so often? 100%. Yeah, I imagine that's really infuriating. Yeah, because it's like, I mean, I understand when you, like, don't, when you're not fully paying attention that this is what the media talks about. And it's, like, this whole thing of, like, oh, like, she's just going to break up with people and she's, like, dating all these these guys. And it's like, okay, well, she was, like, in her 20s. Like, what did everyone do in their 20s? Like, yeah. you fuck around. You fuck around, you date people, you're trying to figure out, like, what you like, As what you, you don't like. And, yeah. like, at one point she, I think it was after... It must have been before 1989. She said, like, oh, my God, like, yeah, I was, you know, people talked about how much I was dating, like, that I was dating all these guys, and I dated two guys in, like, a year and a half. In, which an is entirely like reasonable a totally number. normal thing to do when you're 23 yeah, years yeah. old. <laughs> and conversely, if it was a male pop star in the exact same position, well, and I can't think of anyone off the top of my head, oh, but I've there are... Him. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and she because she talks about, like, okay, no one says Ed Sheeran is, like, just yeah. ta- writing about his boy or his uh, girlfriends. No yep. one says Bruno Mars is just writing about his girlfriends. Yep, 100%. They're talking about their relationships in their songs, but no one's reducing them to this because they're not a woman. Yep. Yeah. That, that's precisely true. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's no argument there, I feel. So if someone uh, comes to Taylor Swift and only knows her based on her media personality and how the media portrays her, what are some of the things that you think that they should know about her? that we might not see from that, like, first glance that we're positioned. Hell yeah. I think, okay, she's incredibly smart. Like, I think everything that she's doing is, like, calculated from, like, a business standpoint. I think she might be, like, the most brilliant marketer the world has seen in a very long time. I mean, she just became a billionaire. I don't Which think anybody's crazy. arguing with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like, but the, you know, there's so many things going on behind the scenes that she's like orchestrating that are so small that the whole media doesn't um, pay attention to. I think like to your point, like she's said that, you know, she's um, a bit of a nerd. Yeah. And I think there's like one interview where she says that like, I, you know, I would never be described. This is an old interview, but where she says I would never be like described as sexy. And the interviewer asks her, like, what would you describe yourself as? And she's like, I'm intelligent um, and I'm hardworking. Yeah. Um, And, like, I think, you know, she really has, like, she's demonstrated that over the years. And it's really unique to have a career as long as she has as a female musician. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because you're, like, kind of always having to reinvent yourself yeah it's why she often gets compared to Beyonce I think because like there are few you know people of this era that have had such long robust careers yeah and who seem so uh, in control of their own careers and their own image at this point totally because obviously when she started she probably didn't have a ton of control over how she was being portrayed but Mm -hmm. at this point it's hard to imagine that anyone's telling Taylor Swift how to look or what she should write about totally totally yeah Love to see them try. Um, <laughs> recently, obviously, uh, if you're reading the news, we've heard a lot about the Eras Tour presale, yes. Hunger Games of it all. Yeah. Uh, how did you feel about that situation, and did you land a ticket? Oh, my God. I have the craziest, craziest Eras Tour stories. Oh, my yes. God. Yes. <laughs> yes. This is what we want. Um, yeah. The presale, um, as a Swifty, I, for the Reputation Stadium Tour, which was the tour before the last tour that she did, which was a long time ago because of the pandemic, um, there was also a pre-sale, but you got like points for being a Swifty by like watching music videos. And like, if you had bought um, stuff on her website and you had like interacted with her music videos, you could like gain points that got you a better spot 
in the queue. That's brilliant. That's really smart. And it's also cool that a couple of those things are free. So it's not all money based. It's oh, like yeah. you can watch the music video as much as you want. Yeah. You know, that's a cool way to make sure that the people who should be there yeah. are getting there. A hundred percent. And it's not just like people who are scalpers that are trying to make a ton of money off Hell the tickets yeah, because yeah. that's, that definitely happened. And, um, the tickets became almost, you know, very unaffordable for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think it's like insane that it like basically broke the internet. Like it broke Ticketmaster, which is, I mean, Ticketmaster is a whole deep dive. Let's but like, break them regularly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck that site. And um, it it was very, very hard to get tickets. Um, when the original show tickets went on sale, because there's been like multiple pre-sales now, um, I had been talking for years with my cousins about going to see the next Taylor Swift um tour. Had you been at this point? I'd been to all of them. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. Love um, and, but they hadn't gone. Okay. Um, so my cousin's wife, she ended up getting the pre-sale code. So like first you have to sign up to try and get a code. And then once you have a code, you have to try and get tickets. And not everyone even got tickets who had the code. It was oh my a God. whole situation. Oh my God. That's so stressful. It was a very stressful day. Um, and my cousin had to be the one to buy them and she, cause she had the code and she had to sign in and she had just had twin babies. Oh, oh my, my God. <laughs> and she also has two children like that are six and eight. Oh my God. Oh God. So it was like a whole day thing, um, where we were trying to get the tickets. Anyways, we eventually did get the tickets. We went to New Jersey for the concert because that's where my family is from. Um, my cousins live in DC. We all had to stay with my aunt and uncle with her, with all like their children. Oh my God. Um, so that there was people to take care of the kids when we went to the concert. So it was like a whole weekend event. We go to the concert. Phoebe Bridgers was the opener. Oh my God. I love Phoebe Bridgers. The whole concert is like five hours long. Because what? she has two openers, and then she's on stage for, like, three hours and 15 well, minutes. Well, because she goes through her, like, most of her catalog, The whole right? thing, basically. Oh, wow. That's hard. So it's, like, a th- yeah, three hours and 15 minutes, I think, is the length of the concert of Taylor Swift being on. And then, Holy you know, shit. there's people before that. So Jeez. we're watching Phoebe Bridgers. It's me and, like, my cousin and his wife and then my other cousin. And we are having the best time. We've been in, We've been talking about this, anticipating this for, like, years. After the opener, after Phoebe Bridgers went off the stage, I turned to my cousin Alina and I was like, I don't feel good. No. Oh, no. And she's like, what do you mean? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I feel a little nauseous and a little lightheaded. And I thought maybe I didn't eat enough food throughout the day Mm -hmm. because I was like, you know, you're like so excited. You're not like necessarily hungry. So... She's like, oh, that's weird. And then Taylor, she comes on. I'm not feeling great. Like, oh, no. I'm just like, I don't. And then I'm thinking in my head, like, I think I'm about to have an anxiety attack. Oh, no. Because I'm like, oh, my God, am I the, like, this big of a Taylor Swift fan that she's in, I can, in the vicinity of me. And I'm going to basically have an anxiety attack because she's here. Oh, my God. And I'm overwhelmed. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, which is, not, I didn't have an anxiety attack. Okay. I'll start it with that. Very happy to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, so, I know that saying. feeling, and that feeling is real. It's bad. Yeah, yeah you're just real. like, I'm, I'm like doing yeah. box breathing, and yeah. I'm just like Too trying excited. to calm myself like down. sweat. Yeah. yeah. So eventually, I have to run to the bathroom, and I threw up. Oh. And oh I was God. like, oh, I hope that that, and I came back, and I was like, I think I just had an anxiety attack. 
She's like, well, I hope it was an anxiety attack because, like, what if you're actually sick? Oh. And then I puked every 10 minutes for the entire concert. No. no. That's such a long time to throw it's up. Such, so such many a eras. long concert. Thank, I'll say thank God we're on the, like, end of the row. Did they have speakers in the bathroom at least? Could you hear you could the kind show? Of, you could kind of hear it. And I knew the set list, so I timed it based on which songs I wanted to see. <laughs> I love oh my god, that's so genius. Much. And like also people think you're like drunk. Like I'm in the bathroom throwing up and there's girls in other stalls that are like, get your shit together. And I'm like, oh my God. Do it for Taylor. <laughs> oh, that's um, wow. So and my cousins at one point are like, do we need to leave? And yeah. I was like, Absolutely not. I'll die in the stadium. Like, there's no way I'm walking out of this stadium. And I'm, like, sitting. I'm exhausted. I'm, like, sitting on the edge of my seat, like, trying to see what's going on, um, trying to, like, enjoy the concert. But, like, obviously I'm, like, heartbroken. And then we have to get out of there. And as we're leaving, my cousin Alina starts throwing up. No. And we're, like, oh, no. And when we get home the next morning, we find out that, like, my uncle and my two aunts were throwing up overnight. <gasps> no. And so we thought we had food poisoning. And then eventually we figured out that we had, like, norovirus <gasps> or something. Oh, oh shit, my God. That is the worst. Because oh. there was a family party. It was Memorial Day. So everyone came over to hang out with us before sending us off to the concert. And, like, 15, it took down 15 people. Oh, my, oh my God. God. So, like, sorry to all the people who were around us at the concert. I didn't know that I had norovirus before I went to the concert. Oh, my God. <laughs> you walked away with memories and a little gift. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, fuck. But the, the, the story gets better. Oh, so, well, I come, okay, so <laughs> I come home. I, like, am on a work call. They're like, oh, my God, how's the concert? I start crying. Our, like, head of HR got on late, and she texts me and is like, what is going on? And I find out later that she thought that Taylor Swift died because I was crying. Oh, my God, really? No. And, like, I was talking about Taylor Swift, and she didn't know what was going on. But my, I told my, my mom called me, and I was like, it was my happy place. Now it's my sad place. I can't even watch all the airs. I'm just so sad. So my my like amazing mother bought resale tickets <gasps> to go to Pittsburgh. Oh my god, oh. moms. So she was like and I went to my first Taylor Swift concert with my mom. Oh. Um and they're Yes, my mom and I have an, uh, a lovely Taylor Swift relationship, um, which is wonderful. And my mom was like, this is going to affect her for the rest of her life. She's not going to be okay about this is what happened. We're going to go together. We go to Pittsburgh. We go to the concert. We're there really early. And we're walking around the stadium, and we're like, let's just like maybe walk down onto the floor. So... We get on the floor, and then we realize that you have to have these, like, very specific wristbands to be on the floor. But it was so early that no one was paying attention. <gasps> so what? we're just sitting down there, and there's, like, the stage comes straight out, and then there's a diamond in the middle, which is where she is, like, 50% of the time right. during the concert. Yeah. And we're sitting in the section next to it, and I know that there's resale tickets that don't sell because they're so expensive online. Mm, uh-huh. And then they take people down from, like, higher in the stadium and put them in these seats. So I'm just, like, interested at this point. So I go on StubHub, and I realize that there's two front row seats no. in the section that we're sitting on that are, it's two hours before the concert starts. They're $7,500 each. Oh, my God. What? And I was like, these are not going to sell. So we sat in them. <gasps> We're sitting there, and, like, my mom's losing it. She's like, oh, my, everyone that comes up to the stage, she thinks that they're going to tell us that we're in their seats. And I'm like, she thinks we're going to get kicked out. And I'm like, mom. Pretend these are your seats until someone tells you they're that not. they're in. We're sitting in their seats, and then we say, "I'm so sorry, we're sitting in the wrong seats. We'll we'll leave." So Perfect we're sitting strategy. there. The main security guy comes up to us, 
And he looks at, there's like six people sitting beside this diamond that are in the front row. And he's like, you guys bought front row seats? And we're like, yeah. <laughs> and, <he's, laughs> and he turns to the security guards along the stage and he goes, okay, the only people that are allowed to stand along the gate along the stage are these six people sitting in the front row. <gasps> Memorize their faces. Oh my God. So we were front. Taylor Swift was like from here to the wall away from me. Oh, my God. She looked at me in my eyeballs at one point. <laughs> like I have all these like crazy videos of her. Like, And also my phone was dying, so I hardly have any videos. But she's like right in front of me. like, And I'm just like, oh, this is the craziest up and down story of the oh era's tour God. ever. Like, And I was just like, and my mom is like. We just had the best time. I'm crying. Were, I was say, I'm were like, you sobbing? Sobbing. Yeah, you like at point, she came and like looked at me, and I was like, "Hold me up! I'm gonna fall down." Like I was just like, "This is insane." Yeah. Oh my god. Um, so like, hot tip when you're at a concert. <laughs> that is a hot tip. That, that is, is a hot very tip. hot tip. Um, Checking and, the StubHub was smart. Well, and I I did not check it thinking that there would be front row seats. I just thought like, I wonder if the seats that we're currently sitting in talking to these nice people behind us are like actually for sale. Yeah, yeah, yeah of um, course. And then I was like, oh my God, we have a new plan. <laughs> <laughs> we're not moving. Yeah. Do not move. You are a statue. Oh. Yeah. That's incredible. Once you've been identified as like, look at their faces. So that even yeah. if you got kicked out, you'd still be like, but my face. Well, you and then we face. like had a whole plan of like if they ask us to see our tickets, my mom's phone had actually died. Yeah. So we were going to be like they're on her phone, but her phone died. Oh my god, you're a genius. Um, and but like my mom, like my mom is amazing. I can't, <laughs> like we had the craziest night, but she was so worried we were going to get in so much trouble at that concert, and she like really powered through. Oh, <laughs> now you have a story forever. Oh my god, it's like the craziest story That's ever. That's incredible. So, oh, I'm so happy for you. I know. What a ride. It was crazy. Oh, yeah. Because uh, like everyone can imagine their version of that. You know, like yeah. that 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 kind of story. Like everyone knows who they would feel that way about. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't even know who it would be. There's so many people. Steph, just, BTS. I would barf. Yeah, see? There you go. There you go. Barf in a second. Absolutely. JK looked me in my eyes. I, I would die. It's crazy. Like, I you're would, just like, how do the, like... Because celebrities are otherworldly. Yeah. Like, they just, they, they emanate something that is just different. Well, yeah. you know, because we don't see their complex human sides where they have a bunch They're, of flaws and stuff. <laughs> fair, 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 fair. Um, but also, I just have to, like, on the subject of the Eras Tour, because this was, I remember, a thing where people were posting pictures of them crying. Yeah. And a lot of people were reacting, being like, man, people are hysterical about this. I... I, I do remember somebody saying, like, it's because you grow up with this person. Yes. And yeah. you really have grown up with this person. Totally. And she's been there with you through through so much. Yeah, like, when I listen to her albums, it reminds me of, like, a soundtrack of what I was going through in my life at that time. And, like, the Fearless album, which was her second album, it came out when I was in first year university. Yeah. I remember listening. Like, it makes me think of my dorm room when oh, I listen to it. Yeah. There's also a, a song on that album called The Best Day that she wrote about her mom Aww. and like when I first listened to the album I was like away I had just gone away to school I sent and it, the song sounds like I wrote the song about my family oh my and God. like that I wrote it about my relationship with my mom sent it to my mom then she's calling me crying and for Christmas I learned it on the guitar and played it <gasps> oh for my her God. oh my god in front of like our entire extended family they all thought I wrote the song oh my like, god that's how 
in line with my life it was. Wild. Um, and then, yeah, there's like all of the albums I could tell you what was going on in my life at the time that that album came out. So like in that context, that's like a friend you've had your whole life. Yeah. And there with you in hearts, of course you cry in that yes. circumstance. Yeah. Like that's that's momentous. It's part of who you are. Yeah. yeah. I wrote the soundtrack to your life up to that yeah, point. Yeah, 100%. All right, we're about to jump into hot takes. But okay. before we do, what's the nerdiest thing you've done in relation to this fandom? And I will preface, this is a leading question because I, I think I know. Oh, you know? Heard, oh, I don't know for sure. <gasps> I thought it was oh, the yeah, PowerPoint. Oh, yeah. Oh, the PowerPoint. Yeah. Okay. Please go ahead. Well, there, can I give two things? Yes. Of course okay. you can. <laughs> so when I was like 21, I wrote her a letter. <gasps> Incredible. Yes. Um, yep. Because like, so I, I work at Muskoka Brewery. It's my family's brewery. Um, and Which is rad. It's a great awesome beer. brewery. Love my job. Really like that beer. Um, the original brewery was on 13 Taylor Road. <laughs> which like, <laughs> 13, 13 is like her favorite number. She yeah. makes a really big deal about it. So pe- like I wrote, people had told me to do this, but I wrote her a letter asking her to come to the brewery because it was on 13 Taylor Road. I told her about the song with my mom, blah, 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 blah. And then I I like calculated when she would possibly show up based on her tour schedule of when oh she's going to be in Toronto. Incredible! And I, I brought my guitar to work that day. Oh my god! <laughs> I love that. And now my friends tease me. They're like, like, are you just write letters to her like every day? It's like, hey Taylor, it's me, Kristen. This is what's going on <laughs> yeah. in my life. Um, so that's the the I'd say that's the nerdier thing. But I've also made a PowerPoint about. Gaylorism and how Taylor Swift is possibly queer, and I've presented it to to multiple people. Oh, <laughs> I cannot wait to get to it, and we will talk a bit about that yeah, in that's, a hot take. That's it a hot, hot takes. takes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but before we get there, this episode is brought to you by TeePublic.com, where you are going to find your next favorite tea. TeePublic is an incredible website that, if if you love to wear T-shirts, which you're a human, I bet you do, um, you can find all sorts of unique and nerdy designs, and they're available on more than just T-shirts. T-shirts, tank tops hoodies, mugs, stickers, phone cases. Crewnecks? Yeah. If you can put a design on it, you can get something on this through TeePublic. Um, the the awesome thing about it is that there are so many designs. You can find something you love and you can put it on almost anything and then you can customize that thing too. You can change the material, you can change the color, all sorts of things about it. Yeah, and all of those cool designs that you can find are made by indie artists who are getting a fair commission for their work. So when you buy a shirt from our TeePublic store, you're supporting them, but also you're supporting us and that's just a sweet little bonus. That's right. Uh, so head on over to tpublic.thefandomshow.com. Check out all of our merch and favorite designs from T Public. That's tpublic.thefandomshow.com. And thank you so much, T Public, for your support. Thank you so much. Okay, hot takes. Oh, this was <laughs> this is a hot topic. Yeah, so this might surprise you, but there's a lot of hot takes on there's Taylor so Swift. So many hot takes. <laughs> so many hot takes. So I'm gonna start with this one um, that's touching a bit on the presentation, which is yeah. from Reddit that says, Stop assuming her sexuality. I get it, I do, I totally understand why people think she's bi, and if she is, awesome. Bi queen, we stan. But she clearly either isn't or just isn't comfortable coming out, especially if she's bisexual, assuming and presuming her, uh, pressuring her is like outing a friend. It's not okay. What do you yeah. think about that? I, th- I don't think that, I think that she's being very, like she's dropping lots of hints about being Like what? Queer. Okay, okay, tell me. Oh, so I like, have I to know. know. I, I don't know. actually think that she's like, 
like fully closeted. I think that she wants people to speculate about this. Yeah, interesting. Um, and like the reality of Taylor Swift is that like one of the things you have to understand is that she drops Easter eggs. Yes, I've heard this before that she has a lot of like inside jokes and callbacks yeah. and little things for you to follow. Yeah, and it started in the beginning as like I think it was her first album. If you read the liner notes, she like capitalized certain letters and it spelled out like a secret message. If you were actually reading her lyrics, which it was like incentivizing people what? to read her lyrics. That's brilliant. And pay attention to what she's writing about. Yeah. Um, it, you could like find these secret messages. She's also said that it can be like she that it's in music videos. I she said in the you I think it's the look what you made me do music video that there's like thousands of Easter eggs and that no one will ever find all of them and there thousands? has to yeah like oh that you gosh. have to or maybe there's thousands out there but there's so many in that music video that they had to keep an Excel spreadsheet of all of the oh my god all of the things that are in there she says like it can be clothing um, it can be like my nail color like and I think that this is this is part of what I mean about her being like a brilliant business yeah, woman and marketer yeah. is like she's created this world where people are just paying attention to every single detail about anything that she does yeah. or says or wears or anything, and I think that's part of why, like, there's so much media about yeah. her is because it's, like, this marketing strategy that has been going on since the beginning of her career that's and has so just smart. gotten so much bigger that over the years. I, I never realized it was that intricate. I Like, yeah. I understood there were a lot of references, but that's, like, escape room level shit. Like, yeah. that's incredible. That's that really sick. rewards your attention. Yes, exactly. And Oof. I think there's, like, thing, there's so many things that she's, like, dropped over the years that are hints towards her sexuality or like relationships that she's possibly been in that people don't think she's been in. Can you name names? Yeah, can you name yeah. any of them? Yeah, so like the, the two big ones are Carly Kloss. Okay. Um, who is, she's a model. Her and Taylor Swift were best friends mm -hmm. and they like don't really, they don't speak anymore. Mm. Oh yeah, just like you do with your best friends. Yes, exactly. <laughs> You're really best um, friends for a little bit and then suddenly you never see each other. Yeah, you never see, and you guys like talk about the fact that you're best friends. There's like videos of like of them with on Vogue. Oh, we'll get into it. It's like a <laughs> whole thing. And then the the other one is Diana Agron mm. from Glee. Oh my God, really? Yeah. From back in, like, that would have been back in 2012. Oh, right. She did come out as bisexual, didn't she? I think, I don't know if she did, but she has said, like, that she's experimented with women. Oh, yeah. And the two of them were friends, and now Best they friends. don't seem like they're friends. Fascinating. <laughs> Fascinating. Oh, my yeah. goodness. So it's, you know, there's... There's there's so much down this rabbit hole. PowerPoints um, worth. PowerPoints worth of and like. <laughs> when do we get the presentation? Oh I my want god! It. I, oh, I should have brought my computer. I could have oh. presented it to you guys afterwards. And but just so our listeners know, you were like when we were told by our mutual friend Margo. Hi yes. Margo, Hi, what's hey, up? Margo. Friend of the po podcast. Um, that that you were a Taylor Swift fan. This is how you were sold to us. Yes. As being like she's made a PowerPoint. She's, <laughs> she's made a PowerPoint. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. On this subject. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it, there's so much stuff, like, and so back to that comment, like, the reality is Taylor Swift has encouraged fans to deep dive into what she's writing about and what she's putting in music videos and what she's wearing and what does that mean mm -hmm. um, for her entire career. So, you know, the, I don't necessarily think it's like outing her. I think she's actually out to people who are paying attention and Got has it. been for years. Um, I don't know what that means for her sexuality. Like, I think she's queer in some way, but like, I don't, I don't know exactly how she would identify. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like, 
if you if you look back on reputation like that album is basically marketed as a response to the Kanye West Kim Kardashian mm. portion of her life. Ah uh, yes. Um and you know the singles say that. But like if you actually listen to the album, it's an album with a bunch of love songs on it and you're like, "Okay, what was going on in Taylor Swift's life at this time?" And most people think it's about Joe Alwyn who was her like longtime boyfriend, but but there's like timelines that don't make any sense with it being about Joe Alwyn. It doesn't line up. <laughs> because she like had said she wrote this song on this day and it was the last song on the album and it was with Ed Sheeran and people go back and say like, when was Ed Sheeran and Taylor Swift together at this point when they would have written this song? Oh my God. And actually that was like before she ever even met Joe Alwyn. And like, so there's all these theories on the internet oh and my. there's like, one particular song, well, there's so many songs on Reputation that like 100% sound like they're about Carly Kloss. <gasps> but there's one, my like biggest clue is the song Don't Blame Me. And there, there's references to a trip. So Taylor Swift and Carly Kloss went on this trip to Big Sur in 2014 that was like documented on Instagram all over the place. Like, oh and God. everyone was talking about it. And it was just the two of them having this, like the, all the pictures look like kind of romantic. And like, they're just like on this trip to Big Sur. And there's other interviews that she does. There's like, you know, the Vogue one where they're walking around somebody's house and they're asking them all sorts of oh, questions. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, where should I bring my boyfriend or my girlfriend on our like anniversary trip? And she's like, Big Sur. Like there's all these like what? things where she like references stuff. I see it. I see it. I'm um, on board. <laughs> and, and there's a picture from that was on Instagram that Carly Kloss put on Instagram of a daisy on um, the front windowsill of the car and tags Taylor Swift as the daisy in the in the Instagram fit, mm -hmm. uh, picture. As best friends do. As best friends <laughs> do. And in the song, there's a lyric that says, um, now I'm your daisy. <laughs> and she posted pictures of her written lyrics and there is a drawing of a daisy that looks exactly like the Instagram photo over the daisy. And it would all sound like a co coincidence if she hadn't already told you that there to are no attention. coincidences. Yeah. yeah. Whoa, whoa. She is a nerd. This yeah. is like deep cut She's gaming She's a huge nerd, nerd. yeah. yeah. Um, Only a nerd would do this shit. Yeah, like, cause, and you're just like, this is so strategic that you're like even trying to get people to pay attention to so many like micro things that you're doing. And there's like, there's plenty of lyrics in that song where you're like, oh my God, it's like trip of my life and like all these things that sound like it's about that big yeah. surf trip. And then a year later, Vogue does a cover shoot for the Valentine's Day issue called like, uh, or what is it? Valentine. When is the friends and Valentine's? Oh, Galentine's. Ga like a Galentine's yeah, yeah, yeah. Day thing, where they recreate the Big Sur trip. What of Carly and Taylor on the front page of Vogue, and like there's all these pictures of the two of them in a camper van that has one bed. Okay. And like the two of them like holding each other's faces like this close to each other and they're just like posing and like it does not look like friendship at all. <laughs> so like, yeah, you dive down this rabbit hole, there's all sorts of stuff. And a lot of people think that 
anytime that Taylor Swift is referring to like sunshine or gold, she's talking about Carly Kloss. Oh, wow. And I think as part of that cover shoot, they did this like best friends quiz that was on YouTube where it's like the best friends quiz and it's the two of them and they're like, Carly Kloss is my best friend. Taylor Swift is my best friend. And they're like, how would you describe each other as an um, like an emoji? And Taylor says that Carly is the sunshine. And there's all of these things where she describes her as like gold, this person, sorry, as golden or sunshine. She has a song that's at the end of Lover called Daylight. Like the like I thought that love would be burning red, but it's golden. Like you're just like, okay, this all like <laughs> goes back oh, to wow. these things that she says about Carly Claus. Yeah. The two of them lived together. Okay. Yeah, like best friendies. Like, like best, best friends. friends no, yeah. Do. Like that, that, yeah, but um, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. Kai and I are best friends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I mean, it's true. <laughs> um, that's a lot. That I can see a, where that's so much stuff. mounting evidence. Yeah. yeah. And it, it must be so fun to be in a, a like a community that is constantly engaging with that sort of stuff. Totally. I mean, it, it, I will say that like being a gayler is an up and down um, <laughs> fandom because there's so many people that like are very mad about anyone speculating on Taylor Swift's sexuality yeah. and it's like the reality is she's been telling us to speculate on everything that she yeah. does for a really long time um, and you know there's there are pictures of her walking around at a at a uh, basketball game holding hands with Carly Kloss as they walk across the like basketball court and it's like okay but she's holding hands with Travis Kelsey and they're dating but she's holding hands with Carly Kloss and they're just friends like yeah. it's just a very heteronormative one you know yes. like yeah, yeah, version yeah. of the world yeah um yeah it's uh there's there's lots of things that point to it the the you need to calm down or sorry, yeah, you need to calm down video. She's wearing a wig that is the bisexual flag. Because <laughs> oh, that's the one that has all the different queer celebrities yeah. in it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah so. cool. Um, this it, is- yeah, and she talks about a hairpin drop in another thing. If you know what a hairpin drop, it's like a, it historically meant ways that queer people tell other queer oh. people that they are queer without the rest of the world knowing. I have never heard of that term before. Yeah. Oh. And I oh, like queer history a yeah, lot. There you go. Oh, that's new. Okay. I love this. I'm learning. <laughs> that was that was awesome. Um, yeah, this feels, I mean, like, here's the thing. It's been true in the past. Like, the Spice Girls have recently confirmed that two of them were dating. Oh, like, my God. I love, I love that. I, I was flipped. so excited about that. I flipped. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, so many of us probably had ideas at the time, but, like, knowing it in retrospect and being like, we were right. Yeah. We, we were right. right. You yeah. were all gaslighting us. We knew it. Yeah. Yeah. They kissed and wrote a song about it. So, like, yeah. it happens. Yeah. It's yeah. very possible. And yeah. I, the question I get from most people when I talk about this is, like, She's one of the most powerful women in the world. Don't people, like, isn't it a a time in the world where she could just come out? And I'm like, it's, like, first of all, she, it's not necessarily safe for her to come out. Like, look at what's going on in the States. And look at a lot of her fan base that, you know, especially coming up through country music. Like, not stereotyping, but there is uh, a lot less uh it's a more conservative fan base. Yeah, and if you're. They would would say it themselves, I'm sure. And if you, like, look at. Um, you know, people's ex- like exposure. If you're living in Toronto, like you know, maybe you have a very different version of 
what it's like to come out than if you lived in like Kentucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. That makes a lot that of sense. That makes so much sense. We could do another hour of this. That's <laughs> just hot takes. My God. Um, do we want to try and do like a bit of a lightning round? Get get a couple in here. Absolutely. Okay. This one. Uh, Taylor Swift has become a political institution. It's rare to see anyone neutral about her. Either she's the greatest thing ever, or she's the worst. Given that she's become a billionaire in a time where people don't buy albums like they used to. Given she's making bank by re-releasing her music to screw over those who screwed her over. And given that she managed to be so insanely popular despite the incessant hate, I'm inclined to lead towards her being pretty great. That's the hot take. That's the hot take. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like the... Okay, so I think the billionaire conversations, be, it becomes a little nuanced because everyone, you know, will say about other billionaires, like, they don't get there off the backs, like, of their own stuff. Yeah. And, like, it's very, I'm very excited about her being, like, a, a top-selling artist, and she's breaking all these records, and it's incredible, but, like, at the same time, like, do you need to release five vinyls of, like, one album? <laughs> like, That's for reasonable. the environment? Yeah, that is very reasonable. Um, but, I mean, like, I think generally... Obviously, I think that Taylor Swift is amazing, and yeah. she's, like, done so much that's been beneficial to the world. And even with the Eras tour, she, like, very quietly donated to, like, food banks across every city that she went to. That's, that's cool. awesome. Um, and, like, she never talked about it, but the, then the food banks talked about it, and they were like, we can feed people for, like, a year based on the donation we got from Taylor Swift because that's she cool. came to our city. Well, and that's so interesting because, obviously, you know, there's – She's a very controversial figure, and a lot of people talk about how, like, why doesn't she do more with her power? Mm-hmm. And, you know, hearing that, because I'm one of the people who be like, she has so much power. Why doesn't she do more? Yeah. And maybe she is and just not talking about it and just doing it subtly underground where, you know, people can't then pull out opinions and, like, uh, chastise her for, you know, being queer or what causes that she's supporting. It's, yeah. a, it's a way to keep this, like— you know, Duck's version where she's calm above water, but underneath yeah. she's stirring shit up. Yeah, and her whenever she's putting something out in the media, it's always, like, very well thought through. And yeah. it's not like she's posting all the time. People are posting about her, but she's not posting all the time. Interesting. And, like, she's, I think, I saw something the other day that she, you know, told people to go out and vote. But at some point in the past year, she, she posted something on, like, National Voter Registration Day yep. and ended up, like signing more people, more young people up to vote than like any organization has ever been able I to heard do. About this. Phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's like it can be more powerful if you're doing it like once. Right. And people are anticipating your post rather than if you're posting like twenty things a day. Yeah. Right. You That's an really interesting perspective. Have a, a clear message on that instead of uh, muddying the waters potentially with totally. multiple things. Okay, how about this? Her biggest and greatest downfall is probably her being one of the biggest people pleasers in the industry. I love the girl with all my heart, but as long as the Grammys exist or she continues to equate the value of her work with commercial success or the number of her Grammys, she'll be in a rut and she might never be able to fully reach her potential as an artist. Yeah, I mean, I think it depends on how you define, like, potential as an artist and success. Like, I think yeah. a lot of people, you know, want – it's like the, the like, I knew the band before they were big, and now I don't like them because they're big. Right, like, yeah, 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 classic. The, you know, there's stuff that comes along with, like, marketing. Mm-hmm. And she has said over the years, like, if I wasn't a songwriter, I would have gone into marketing. Um, and she's Surely. done a really good job of she that. Did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I think the like obviously the Grammys are not necessarily the like most objective um, version of of what should be winning awards out mm-hmm. there. But at the same time, like yeah, she's definitely doing stuff to appease 
the Grammys, but she's the she's also the biggest musician in the world right now. So yeah. mm-hmm. it like, you know, you can't have I don't think you can have necessarily one without the other. Yeah. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. Super fair. Um okay, how about this? On the uh uh, on the hate side, there was Kanye making her the poster child for the music industry's bias, making a valid point in the least effective way as only Kanye could. Um, the fascination with her private jet as though she's the only one to own one and focusing on an individual while corporations continue to destroy the world. Um, and the hate that comes being comes with being a popular young woman. I think she's resilient and talented more so than a lot of people will give her credit for. Totally. I don't yeah. think a lot of people, und- to my point, understand like how smart yeah. and like like how how great of a businesswoman she is. Totally. Um, and like, yeah, p- there's probably issues with the private jet. Like, but at the same time, like, can Taylor Swift go on a normal plane? Like, no. <laughs> that is a, <laughs> honestly a solid point. Yeah, yeah like yeah. she goes to a restaurant and the entire town gets taken over. Yeah. And like it becomes not safe. So I'm sure there's ways that she, with the private jet, could be better um, but yeah, like I think a lot of people, they don't know deep things about Taylor Swift. And I think there's a, my kind of like hot take on Taylor Swift is if you don't like Taylor Swift, you're either misogynistic or you don't know enough about her. Whoa. Oh, yeah. I, lo- I, lo- I love it. You're going in hard on that take. <laughs> you're like, come this. at me. I will fight you. Because like, you know, like, yes, there, I, and I'm everyone's a nuanced person and there's like things that she does that I don't necessarily agree with, but like, isn't that true of every human? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. And I feel like it often comes into this circumstance where people can't be neutral on anything right now. And I, I invite, uh, obviously your opinions are valid. Use your voice, all of that stuff. But I also invite people to just be neutral on things. Like it's okay to to be neutral on, on Taylor Swift and just like, like parts of her. You don't have to hate her just because you don't like her. Yeah. You know, if that does, if that makes sense. Absolutely. People that are just like, they want to hate Taylor Swift because they like, because Who she's know? popular. Because she's, she's popular. Yeah. Young and beautiful. And it's like, well, if everyone likes her, well, I'm going to be different. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And it's like, eh, I, eh, it's it, also, what are we getting from this? It's been a thing to hate Taylor Swift for her entire career, not just like when she's at the top of it. A like, young woman so many in things, music? Exactly. Oh, shocking. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh my God, like let's... <sighs> Like, do you hate every other musician the way you'd hate Taylor Swift? Like, people hated Taylor Swift when the Kanye West thing originally happened yeah, at, yeah. at the VMAs. And it's like, what about, like, I'm, plenty of people were not happy with Kanye. But it's like, she didn't ask for any of that. She didn't do yeah. shit. She just yeah. sitting there and got an award, and they decided to villainize her. And I think the constant comparison to Beyonce, it's interesting because obviously they're they're women in charge of their careers. They're powerful for performers who are selling a lot of albums they're not the same oh my god they're not the same even remotely not even remotely so to sit there and be like well these two okay let's go see you do that with joe jonas and whoever like yeah yeah precisely it's that's so misogynistic it's the it happens so often like people find out i like taylor swift and i'll talk about it and they'll be like but what about beyonce and i'm like but what what do you mean mean? like (laughs) but what about the moon i like them both like why are we comparing women to each other no you have to pick one woman (laughs) only one woman at a time you like taylor swift i guess you hate the queen yeah Yeah. otherwise (laughs) women might get the wrong idea yeah (laughs) that's that's it is infuriating because once again to your point if you take ed sheeran and um i don't know uh, Bruno Mars, yeah, whatever. It, they nobody's like, oh well, you like Harry Styles. What about Ed Sheeran? Yeah, exactly. 
because you must hate him. It's like, no, it, they're different. Yeah. They're different they're people. Different. We weren't yeah. even talking about that person. Yeah. <laughs> you brought them up. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess you love Margaret Thatcher if yeah. you love Taylor Swift. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, are there any other final thoughts you want to put into the world about Taylor Swift? Oh, my God. I mean, I could talk about Taylor Swift for days, and I we probably already have. I don't know if I have any, like, final thoughts. I just th- I can't wait to, like, continue to see what she's going to do. Um, I think there's, like, some fun stuff that might be happening soon Ooh. over the next year that people are going to be surprised about. But, yeah, it's just, like, you know, she ke- she's just going to continue to put out music, and it's going to be the soundtrack of my life. I Here's what we should do. A year from now, bring you back for part oh two. Oh, my God. We should totally in. should. The See end I, of the Eras tour? Oh, my God. I love, I love it. it. Yeah. We're doing it. Amazing. Because there will be lots that has happened since that point. Uh, there will be lots that will have happened in two weeks from now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she cannot not make news. No. It's incredible. It's, she's, it's, it's, she's incapable of it at this point. Yeah. <sighs> Amazing. At the end of every episode, uh, we'd like to share our micro-fandoms of the week, which we're going to do in a hot little moment. But before we do, here are some other ways you can connect with us. You can find us on social media, at Fandom Show Pod, or at our website, thefandomshow.com. As mentioned off the top, we also have a Patreon, so if you have some money that's just burning a hole in your pocket because you didn't get Eras tour tickets, uh, send it to us. We love your money. Uh, but it also all goes towards helping us make the podcast and to continue sharing uh, the love of things with other people. Please also tell all your nerdiest friends about us. And if you can get on your podcast provider of choice, though, ideally Apple Podcasts, do a little rate, do a little review and subscribe. Even a one sentence review or a one word review can help us move up in the charts and have more people find our little podcast. Uh, if you love this podcast and you can't get enough of us and you're like, we, I need more Kaya and Steph in my life. Um, good news for you. We have a couple ways you can do that. We have merch. Uh, you can head on over to uh, www.tpublic.com slash stores slash the fandom show i can't believe i just said www anyway <laughs> and uh you can snag our faces on all your favorite things you can put us on shirts you can put us on mugs you we're can put drinking us on your out of case. mugs with our own faces on it right oh, now and true. you could have that um also if you are in toronto we host a twice monthly trivia night at Stormcrow manor on the first and third tuesday of every month where we cover all sorts of different fandoms and pop culture things it's just basic pop culture trivia so come on out we love new challengers for that also if you're listening to this before december 13th we are doing a holiday musical show with Bad Dog Theater called Holiday, an improvised musical. It's inspired by Sondheim's company, and we will be improvising music before your very eyes. I should also say December 13th is when that show opens. It runs until December 17th. Yes. It's also Taylor Swift's birthday. That's also Taylor Swift's <laughs> birthday. It's all coming together. So come celebrate with us as we sing not Taylor Swift songs, but songs inspired by Sondheim. We legally cannot do that. No, we don't have the right. Um, you can also find us on the From Superheroes Discord where you can meet other fans or hit us up directly and our theme song is by Yusu Kim and our logo is by John Blair. And now for our micro fandoms of the week we're gonna start over with Okay, This is going to be a simple and a silly one but I like it very much. I'm just really into crewnecks and hoodies right now guys. <laughs> so I have uh, 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 my very very close wonderful friends um, have all bought a hoodie. Um, it's from Old Navy and they started like two of them bought it and were sharing it and then bought their own and then two of my other friends bought this hoodie. And now we have joined this hoodie club because we just simply couldn't be left out of hoodie club. If there's a thing in a group, I want to be part of it. Yeah. So we each have our different colors of hoodies now. Of the same hoodie, same size. The group chat is called Hoodie Club now. And I'm just like, I'm in a state where I I just don't want to put on a colored shirt anymore. I want to be comfy. I want to be in a crew neck or a hoodie. And I'm just really vibing on it right now. Anything can be a fandom. Anything can be a fandom. (laughs) 
It's making me feel comforted in the grayest month of the year. Hoodies are um, great. Yeah. Hoodies are incredible. Steph, what do you got? Uh, so this is, uh, this actually, Kaya shared this with me on Instagram, I think randomly came across it one day. Uh, there's a photographer and designer called David M. Bird, who used to work for Lego, uh, and he makes little creatures called beacorns. Oh and God. what these little creatures are, he takes plants and mushrooms and nuts and sticks, and he puts them together to make cute, adorable, like, little creatures so that he cute. then does photo shoots with, like, with them with birds, or with them with different squirrels and stuff like that it's adorable it's wholesome it's like it warms my heart um he has a store you can buy merch of this stuff he's at david m bird on instagram he's great just take a look it's just really lovely really sweet and makes me feel nice extremely adorable Kristen, what are you fanning about What's um i've fallen down a like national women's soccer league Cool. Incredible. Um, I was a soccer player growing up, and I used to, like, pay much more attention to what was going on with the I, – I grew up in the States, so it was the U.S. women's national team. Right. Um, and I – after the World Cup this year, I was like, oh, my God, I miss this. I want to, like, start watching games. And the final is today. It's tonight. <gasps> oh, my God. Um, and it's Megan Rapino. Oh, we love – we stand Versus Allie Krieger, who, like, both of them are, you know – staples on the U.S. women's national team yeah. for, like, the last, you know, 10, 15 years or whatever it's been. Um, and both of them are retiring, and both of them made it to the finals, and they're on opposite teams, and they're playing each other. The drama! <laughs> I can't believe you came here to sit with us, and you're not at home just, like, it's, freaking out! Yeah, I'm, like, very much... It starts at 8 o'clock. Oh. By the time this comes out, we're going to know who the winner was. Oh, my God. it's just, like, whoever's been scripting, you know, this league <laughs> has done a really good job because... Yeah, just really excited about that. Trying to get into paying more attention to women's sports. I love that at the end of their careers, one of them will have won the final game and one of them will have to walk away and be like, my last game I've lost. They're also like best friends. Really? Because they they were both on the national team (gasps) together for so long. That's so fun. And they're playing each other. So I think like either way, they're going to be like happy for the other person. You can tie in soccer, right? What if they tie? You can't tie in the final. Then it goes goes into the kicks. But they can tie in friendship. (laughs) could yeah yeah exactly so nice well i hope by the time this comes out you all know the answer as to which (laughs) one of them won uh and that you also watched it if you did tell us about it no matter what they everyone did great everyone did great (laughs) you guys did a great job just get into the finals yeah that's impressive yeah we're proud of you we we know you're listening and we're proud of you oh my god uh kristen thank you so much for being here uh how can people find you anything you want to plug or tell people about yeah thanks for having me i mean you can find me on instagram i'm muskoka half pint that's m-u-s-k-o-k-a half pint which is like my nickname in the beer industry Uh, amazing great name (laughs) (laughs) um and like go out and buy some muskoka beer would make me happy oh yeah yeah amazing thank you so so much this has been incredible. I'm so glad we got to talk to you about this. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's my favorite topic. I could talk about it for days. And we will take you up on that. Yeah, yeah, 100%. (laughs) This is the place. This is exactly the place. Uh, Till next time, love the things you love and tell everyone about them. Bye. Bye! The Fandom Show is produced by Andrew Ivamy as part of the From Superheroes Network. For more great podcasts like this, as well as web comics, articles, and so much more, visit FromSuperheroes.com.